0: Hi everybody, good morning. Good morning. Um Alright, let's just do it. Let's just go right into it. You got me, Bri? I'm trusting, honestly, I'm trusting. Um uh, if it were me right now, I would totally switch messages off and give you an encouraging, lovely, nice message. But I gotta trust that what God's sp- spoke to me yesterday, all day, that he's gonna that it's his will. You know what I'm saying? So it's gonna be a good message, don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's just I love you and so I'm like, well. Oh. Okay, good morning. It stalled, so we're here. We're live. Okay. So, like I said, I would switch off to a message, and I'd, I'd give you a nice AJ's best. But let me tell you something. AJ's best is nothing compared to if God moves in one moment in our lives. So here's what I know to do: just do what He told me. Okay. You good? good. We can find comfort today in anything, and God shows up. That's all that matters. So, all right. So this is a uh, this is a packed message. Now, some of you will have heard. Okay. Okay. So God took me back to a thought that He gave me, a unique and original thought. I feel. Um, He gave me a thought a while ago. So some of you may have heard me talk about this thought. This is a new message. Don't check out. But um, just this one scripture in the Bible really stuck with me. And how many people know, number one, you pray for wisdom before you go in the Word of God because it's not just literature, you know, and Holy Spirit will open things up. But um, if something in in the Bible bothers you, dig. That's it. If anything in the Bible doesn't look like Jesus, like the Old Testament, dig. You don't understand it. But if something else sticks with you and you don't get it, dig. So let's look at, uh, let's look at Mark and you'll see why I started digging. Mark uh, was, well, people think this is the pen name for Peter, honestly. Um, it's, it's, it's the Gospel of Peter, but you check that out. So either way, it's a first-hand account, We believe. Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. See why that stuck with me? So what is he saying? Is he saying he's not good? Because if you just look, now listen, I'm not looking for a, you know, I'll give you what I think here in a second. That's what I'm doing. (laughs) But don't you see where that would kind of stick with me? Now here's the thing. You can either run from things like this and go, did Jesus just say he's not good? But he is good. And is he not God? What, what, What? Or you can realize that if we push through this, this is where some of the greatest blessings and understandings come from. Okay. You with me? okay even if you're not you need to pretend this is going to be it's going to be a, an interesting one because this is one that people will people okay listen people are afraid to tackle this sort of stuff it's you don't want to speak for god so i'm just going to give you some uh, information here and this is not correction this is not this is guidance okay honestly god is our loving father but i think what jesus is doing he's warning us about something in this he's teaching a very profound truth uh, about us as humans i want to ask you a question when something happens to you, how do you determine whether it's good or bad or good or evil? Now, if I were answering, I would say something like this. When it uh, It's good when it makes me feel good, gives me a sense of security maybe, adds something to my life. I don't know. It's a tough question, but something is evil or bad when it hurts, when it costs me something or takes from me something that I want. Now, Paul Young, Young tackled this in The Shack uh, a while back. It's a fantastic book and a very good movie um, that I very much enjoy. But he says this, that our answers when we think about good and bad in this life are dangerously subjective, aren't they? Now, uh, continuing with this, how confident are we as individuals in our ability to tell what's actually good or evil? Because the truth is, this is important because that which we label good and evil will actually change over time and circumstance, won't it? The older we get in our understanding. But the reason that this is so important is because, honestly, like... The things we declare good, we will run after. The things we declare bad, we will run away from, right? And yet those things change. Don't you see where like this is such a slippery slope? The things we declare bad, we'll lose sleep over at night worrying and having anxiety about. And the question is, as I leave my message completely behind right now is this, who said it was bad? Well, I did in my fear and anxiety. I said it was bad. Okay. But there's a lot of things in your life that you thought would be really bad, but then you got there and they weren't so bad. Especially in the kingdom of God. You show up in that hospital room and his grace is there. But there's also things in your life that you thought were good and then you're like, oh, those weren't good at all. In fact, most of the relationships I had in the past, especially romantic relationships, I look back and realize those were not good at all. That was, I'm not going to justify that or whatever, but right? Do you see what I'm trying to say? You look back and think, oh, that wasn't good for me. I thought she was good. She was not good for me. I thought he was honest. I thought, hmm, I labeled that good. And that didn't work out for me. Maybe I should be a little more careful with who you're calling good. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> I've touched on something you understand inside of you. It's the truth, which is a little bit of, yes, it's a bit of personal responsibility. But I think we're sticking on this whole indicting God message. Uh, this would be week number three of that where, boy, a lot of us have a lot of anger toward God for things he never did. It's true. We got him in prison for a lot of crimes he didn't commit. But I would say this. It all starts at things we label good that turn out blah, blah, blah. So watch, watch your labeling. That's, why, that's what I think is happening. Now, here's another thing I want to point out to you real quick because I'll give you the full disclosure. What does he call him? He calls him good teacher, right? Anybody who calls Jesus good teacher is not following him because he never claimed to be a good teacher. He claimed to be the son of God. And somebody said to him at, in the upper room, hear me very clearly, every person in this room and online. Thomas said to him right in his face, he said, my Lord and my God. And Jesus didn't stop him. Jesus accepted worship. Therefore, Jesus said he was God. Do you understand? Some people say, he didn't say, he's a good t- he, didn't say he was God. Well, first off, you've never read the Bible. And number two, Calling him good teacher shows a heart posture here where he did not know Jesus at all. He saw what was happening and he wanted something out of it. And so in that heart posture, Jesus challenges him and says, you don't even know me, and yet you're calling me good? It's just a bad practice in general for human beings. Do you understand what I'm saying? Had he called him Rabboni? Had he called him son of David, son of man, any of the other things he's called, I think his answer would have changed. Jesus is not a good teacher. He's God. That's the bottom line there. So here we go. Let me pause for a second and say this. If we can look practically at this, we'll realize a lot of hardship and negativity in our lives comes from when someone labels something good that you think is evil or labels something bad you think is good. A lot of conflict comes from there too, too, guys. Okay, and I've warned you against absolute statements before. Don't sit there and say, I told you about Alex and I getting in a fight in a price chopper about pumpkin pie, you remember? Pumpkin pie is good. Pumpkin pie is yucky. Pumpkin pie is good. We're yelling at each other and all of a sudden people start looking at us like I'm abusing my child and all I'm doing is disagreeing with a pumpkin pie. The whole argument would have changed. (laughs) I know. The whole point is this though. Ready? Marty, isn't there a huge difference in saying, I think pumpkin pie is gross. Isn't there a huge difference? Or, pumpkin pie is gross. One reveals a heart that thinks they have the authority to declare good and evil. Do you understand? All you got to say is the words to me or in my opinion. And you'll save yourself a ton of conflict. You absolutely will in this life. And I know it's like, it's, it's melodramatic, but labeling things good and bad is a skill that will grow over time. Now, here's what I mean. If you continue to think you have the right to think, say things are good or bad, our judges' robes get longer, our gavels get heavier, and before we know it, we feel more and more capable and qualified for bigger and bigger judgments. We can throw good and evil at Experiences. We can, we can throw it at other things people enjoy, values people hold, the way other cultures do things, the way people worship in church maybe, good, bad, blah. We may even start calling other people bad or evil. Or, I don't know if this is a thing that's ever happened, but other races or ethnic groups get labeled bad or evil? No, that never happened, did it? Or extermination of those groups? My point is this, I'm being melodramatic because you think racism or genocide starts there? No, It starts with you thinking you have the authority to say things are good or be- good or evil. Do you understand that? It's, that's how that happens. So here's what I want to I say to you. Kill your giants when they're babies. You get it? Kill those things when they're babies. Knock it off now. okay? Because it will just grow and grow and grow in the dark. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Stop labeling good or evil. Next thing, you know, uh, relationships suffer, people get hurt, nations get divided. That's how we got where we are today, you know. it's absolutely how we got where we are today as a nation. What a pickle we find ourselves in. Now also, you ready? If, we def- if we're the declarers of good and evil, then we're stating that there must not be absolute good or evil. Because if we can say it, then there must not be an authority, which is also where we are as a nation and as a, as a world, Because the minute we throw away the absolute authority of God, we start to think we're all the authors of truth. And if you don't believe me, open up your Facebook, you won't get three posts without proving me right. That person thinks they're the ultimate authority of what's good. Because we threw away the one that truly is. And I'm not that guy. Like, if you're hearing me for the first time, I don't rail against culture. I don't think you boycott things. I don't think so. I'm just explaining where we are. It didn't start at the nation. It started in everybody's home. And everybody's home. And what really gets me going is this. Like, social media can be great. And again, I'm on social media. I'm not coming at it. But be careful because social media encourages you. Hey, what do you think is good and bad? Why don't you tell everyone you know? And it's like, well, that's a practice I shouldn't get really good at. (laughs) Do you follow me? They're saying, hey, here's your pulpit. Scream it to the world. And it's like, not everybody should have an opinion because some people are really dumb. (laughs) Can you say that? I can't label them that, can I? I just did it. (laughs) <laughs> the reason this is important on our monday morning is because of this we spend most of our time pursuing that what we've labeled good and worrying and fearing what we've just de- uh, you know determined to be evil and i could totally i could go off on that but i want to say this if we declare ourselves the source of truth in some ways we're actually declaring our independence from the god who could actually define good and evil that's what i'm trying to say and i'm going to get through this point uh, quickly but the thing we've been talking about, the day-to-day reality is this. This feeds our inborn desire for independence. If we can fit, you want to, listen, everybody inside of us has a what about me voice that says this. I don't need you to tell me what's best for me. Everybody does. Stop ignoring the fact that you have that voice. You can walk with Christ Jesus for 30 years and you'll still at certain times in certain areas of your life go, I've got this, or I know what's best for me. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's exactly what Peter did when he said, uh, I don't think you can take care of me, so therefore I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to I'm gonna watch out for my well-being with my ability. And that's why he denied Christ Jesus. You can blame him all you want to, but I get it. Do you see what I'm saying? It happens, guys. We need to turn and face that inborn desire of independence. In the Garden of Eden, here's what they had. You had a fruit. And oh, by the way, all the trees were beautiful. Stop thinking that. It wasn't just like... Uh, <laughs> Every tree was beautiful And had good food to eat Go back and read that sentence Changes everything Here's what you had You had two choices You had You can get everything From God directly In his timing and, 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 and how he wants To give it to you And trust him Or There's this other option There's what you think Is true right and best And she went I know what's good for me And if I could paraphrase "But out God I don't I got this. I know what I'm doing. And what does that come from? That same muscle inside of us that says we have the ability to say good and bad, good and evil. Right? I don't need you, Father, for fulfillment, meaning, and purpose. I can find it on my own. And that's what we're talking about. And somebody really needs to hear this, man. And I've been really wrestling with what all this means and what our options are. And I kind of landed here. And I agree with Paul Young in this one. William Paul Young. (sighs) If Jesus is showing us the danger in labeling good and points to God as the only true good, then we have a choice. We can give up our right to decide what is good and evil on our terms and choose to live in God, allowing him and only him to dictate good and evil. Now, one very important correction here is this. Let me help you, because I'm going to go on to the the second half of this message. Let me help you. Real evil, if you want to do things God's way, is not how it makes you feel. It's not if, it, if it's hard, it's not. Real evil is this. It's very simple. The absence of God. You want to know what's bad? Anything with the absence of God. Do you understand? So now, all of a sudden, off the table is how I feel, what it costs me, the sacrifice. No, because honestly, those things usually lead to blessing. No, the only real bad in this life is the absence of God himself. That's evil. Just like darkness is the absence of light both evil and darkness can only be stood in relation to light and good because they don't have any actual existence. That's for the science-minded person. If you can yield for one second, you'll realize this. Creator Dad is light, good, and love. And if we declare our independence from light, good, and love, the only result we have is darkness, okay? Now, furthermore, if we separate from life, there is only death. Now, listen, I know I'm mingling this, but I'm actually going to give you some simple, simple stuff here. Jesus doesn't have to cast anyone away from him at all. And I'm talking about eternal. I'm talking about hell. Jesus doesn't have to cast anyone anywhere. He doesn't have to send anyone anywhere. We walk there all by ourselves, one declaration of independence at a time. Right? Do you understand that? When I found myself far away from God, it was not him who walked away from me. It was me who walked away from him because of the things I wanted to do or things I thought I could do better. And still he beckoned to me. Still he lovingly, Did not accuse me or throw it in my face, but it was time I stopped lying to myself. I'll tell you a story. I was in Pennsylvania. It was after after I had lost virtually everything else in my life. I broke up the band. i lost my girlfriend. Had no job, career, no prospects, nothing. I was sleeping on my brother's couch. He was about to start charging me rent. (laughs) He did, too. I don't blame him. I ate all his food. Nothing else to do. Was depressed <laughs> but I remember I, there was about an eight-month period where I was so disappointed and disillusioned with my life and I blamed it on God this is the last two weeks of, of messages that I just walked away and again you know who really understands this it's not it doesn't have to be scientific Sesame Street understands this near far near far did you lose your salvation AJ no I just walked real far away from him you get it Stop feeling his love. Yeah, come on. I'm a stay-at-home dad. Of course, that's going to come out once in a while. Decent Grover. Don't. Come on. Wasn't it? It wasn't a little over the top. I didn't do the flately arms like I normally would. Um, But, you know, I I walked far, far away from him. But you know know how I got back? Oh, man, I can see what you're doing now, God. You know how I got back? I had to admit that it was me that left him, not him that left me. Because I was charging him for that crime, too. Well, where were you, God, when my girlfriend dumped me? Where were you when the band broke up? Where were you when you were training me to get where I needed to be? i was right here i'm as polite as i am powerful if you want to walk away from me and go explore the world i'm not going to trap you in eden bro but i will not allow you to charge me for that crime either anybody and healing will start that moment so i walked myself to the closest church that i could find i didn't know what kind of church it was and i sat behind it because it was closed what a shame churches can't stay open anymore but that'd be stupid You'd end up with, you end up with all the stuff stolen, obviously. <laughs> this actually, this place had been broken into before I was told. But anyway, um, I sat behind there, and it was a beautiful sunset over this field uh, in a hot uh, Pennsylvania summer. And really that moment changed everything for me because it was me realizing I walked away from you. And much like the prodigal, it was just simply this. Can I come back? And God was immediately like, oh, I've been dying for you to ask that. Yeah. Actually, I did die for you to ask that and come back to me. And that moment started me realizing that that whole season that I labeled bad, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't evil. It wasn't bad, the absence of God. I had just walked away. And the cool thing about God is, listen, I don't know what churches you've been to or what scars you have. God doesn't stand at the door and beat you up on the way in. How does he greet you? With a big old hug, robe, and signet ring. I'm quoting the prodigal son. He leaves the 99. Did you hear that song? He will cross every mountain. He will break through it all for his son, his daughter. And that's awesome. But, I want to show you this. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Let's show this. And this is one of the most divisive things he could have ever said. In fact, this is the most cruel thing he could have ever said if it weren't true. What a loving thing to say because it is. So, Let's just uh, look at the scripture a little bit here. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Make no mistake, there is one creator, God, and the only road that leads to him is Yeshua HaMashiach of Nazareth. I just said Jesus, the Messiah of Nazareth, however you want to say it. It is not Buddha. It is not Muhammad. It is not Joseph Smith's lies. It is not, uh, oh boy, I got to do it. It is not the sacred things you can do inside the church that sanctify you. It is not the holy blah, 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 blah. It is not. It is Jesus Christ. There's nothing you can do to add to your salvation. There's nothing you can do to take it away once it's yours. Do you understand what I'm saying? I hope you believe that. I hope you do. I really do because the Bible talks about adoptions. Adoption. But Jesus says this, I'm the tr- way, the truth, and the life. Without me, you know what you're left with? A dead end, lies, and death. I'm not, I'm not like warning you or anything like that. When we're declaring good and evil, all I'm saying is this. Let's look at what he's actually saying here. Part two of my message is this. Sometimes our independence flares up and we say it can't be true because it's too exclusive. Or, or even when, you know, when we're talking about how we're going to do things in our lives, I, I get it. Jesus didn't die to give you religion or even to give you church. He died so that you would remain in him. We would surrender ourselves and live out of his life inside of us. Let me say something else that's controversial because I might as well at this point. Being a Christian, hear me out. Being a Christian, becoming a Christian is the absolute most selfish thing you could do on the planet. (laughs) No, you got to get this. What do you mean? Because I didn't come to Jesus because I owed What can I do for you, Lord? You know what I did? I said, will you save me, please? I'm helpless. I need you. But if I could realize that, that 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 I I I like a little worm crawled to him and said me please selfishly that's where my selfishness ends. Get it? I didn't do him any favors by joining his team, what are you nuts? Well, look at me, aren't I great? You're going to take me home, I'm going to make your family better. Right? No, but listen, some of us do that. We think we made team Jesus stronger. No, maybe we realize it was the most self-centered, selfish thing you could possibly do. And once you realize that, you better realize it's the last selfish thing you better do in the kingdom on purpose. Good, right? Bruce, you with me? I am. Man, it's tough to say. You notice I paused for dramatic effect there because it sounded really... I'm learning this preacher thing, man. It's taking me a while. But... <laughs> but that's that's where the selfishness has to end right there, really, is what I'm trying to say. Um he is the way to the marriage we want the truth of what really matters in our lives and life to the fullest as he promises and i want to say this uh, time out that mess that we have in the rearview mirror did jesus really walk you there or did we have to do things out of his out of bounds to get ourselves there (laughs) but we still blame him for for that in other words i walked to relationships i knew were out of bounds with him I knew darn well. And the way I was doing those relationships, it wasn't what he wanted. But I got there and it blew up. Oh, oh my gosh, I found a dead end. Lies and death. Lord, you did this to me. (laughs) What? No, dude, you you had to break all my rules to get where you are. Oh, come on, anybody? I'm going to smash this microphone. (laughs) And then we turn it into a dike god. Listen, nobody's going to beat you up, homie. Not at all. But you believe in a bunch of lies. You walk there around him. Excuse me, Jesus. I got to go over to this chick because she looks good in a pair of jeans. All right? And then you wonder why. <laughs> a little levity. She laughed. I'm not pointing at her. <laughs> she laughed. She gets my point, which is this. We've all done that. Butt out, Jesus. I, I, got, I got what I want here. Eat the fruit. <gasps> Lord, why'd you leave apple? Why'd you leave a fruit in the garden? Or this woman you gave me, she... Right? I know, I know, I know, but listen, this is common sense. And without beating anybody up, let's just call it what it is. And this is a part I want to hang out on too. This is one of my favorite parts of this message. This is this, uh, let's, yeah, whatever. A few weeks ago, we looked at the names of God, that it's important. To get to know God, you got to know all the different pieces of Him. If you really want to know me, I'm a dad, I'm a son, I'm a friend. I'm a worship leader. I'm a pastor. You got to know all these different things, right? Don't just call me this, 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 because that's just one side of me. Well, one of the things God calls himself is daddy, dada, Abba, Abba father, but also Elohim. Now, how we feel in this life is not truth. Everybody's lying to you. And how you feel is not as valuable as truth. Do you understand? Woe unto our children if we're raising kids to think how they feel is important beyond truth. no. No, it's not. It's going to destroy our culture, in fact. But sometimes we bring that into our our relationship with God. We've got, he's, he's daddy, he's gentle, he's loving, he's like a dove, he's the comforter, he's our guide, a lover of our souls. But also, Elohim sits, um man, I wish we had that lightning picture from the first song, or um, from Reckless Love. Yeah, do it, Brian. Lightning picture from Reckless Love, and then clear. Because this is a good good picture of Elohim and then perfect. I get it, man. I've got a picture of him holding children. And um, the beautiful picture of that that woman jumping and grabbing Christ Jesus for the first minute in heaven. But that doesn't mean I get to leave this behind either. This is Elohim. <laughs> there's Ahweh, there's there's Yahweh, there's Abba Father, there's all these things. But Elohim sits on the throne and he answers to no one. He is the unstoppable God with fire and lightning. How we feel is not truth. Elohim is truth. And last week I mentioned this. God's rights. We're so consumed in this society about his rights, her rights, their rights. But what is what are, what are God's rights? Right, Donna? Does he have any rights? He's creator God. What rights are due to God? This is Right. These are all things we, I always think about me first. But anyway, the reason I want to say that is because I, I look at our, 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 our walks with God and... and, and as we're getting ready to close here in a second, I want to say this. I'm still reading that book with Francis Chan. And uh, he's a guy who walked away from the largest church in California. Walked away because because what he saw in church he didn't like. Now, I'm not here to church bash because that's, that's actually Jesus's bride. And there's lots of folks who love Jesus, but they're really mean to his wife. Or they ignore his wife. That was me for a lot of years. I don't need to go to church to... I'll tell you what, if you hate my wife and you talk bad about her around town, are we going to get along? How about if you came to my house and you ignored my wife and talked to me? I would notice that and we would have a problem. The church is the bride of Christ. So anyway, ready? He said to this, the most the biggest church leaders in America, that's what he said. Kirk, he goes, write down here what you feel like people expect of you for church. What do you expect? And he's like, well, um, you know, educated and charismatic uh teaching um this style of worship it, this loud but not too loud um comfy chairs air conditioning whatever it may be nobody's coming at you he was just saying what do people expect out of you as leaders and a lot of times we have to look at that sort of stuff are we meeting needs whatever and then on the other side he goes now write down what god commanded for his church it was things like this bear each other's burdens be a house of prayer make disciples correct my children when they're headed in the wrong direction and on and on and on and he asked this question right here what do people get most upset if they're not if it's not being met column a or column b what do you think bruce he bruce laughed <laughs> you mean people leave churches over this they don't so much care if the church is doing what god told them to do so that allows us to you know what we become people pleasers and not god, not god pleasers it's, 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 it's as though his people start working for people, and they stop working for God. And guys, in our faith, we can become the same way. And no one's coming at you. I'm not doing that. I'm actually saying I'm going to save you a lot of heartache to just, just by examining that. I see that coming right into in, in, in our things, right? If our desires aren't being met, even in the kingdom of God, right? I mean, that's, that's crazy. And this calling of good really brings that up in me. Deep down it reveals that we think we have the right to do that. It's just owed to us. And we should be able to say what we feel and blah, blah, blah. It's about me. If you declare good and evil, it's because you think they have the ability to do so. And even more, you feel like you're better at it than God. And I know that nobody's doing this on purpose. But can't we at least admit that we we are ignoring what God says if we're sitting there running our mouths about it, right? Okay. Now, this is the hard part and then we're done. The reason I say that is to encourage you, believe it or not, this whole message has been to encourage you because if evil or, or bad is the absence of God, then good just might be that divorce you went through. It might be the hospital bed. You got to stay in for a while. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I had to get there this way because we look at things and we say, that would be terrible. Right? Brenda, a few years ago with breast cancer. I would never have chosen that for my friend. And I would have told you it was bad. But was it? Was it evil? Because she'll tell you that she was held together by the loving God. She'll tell you that she went through, would be, right? It would be a nightmare. But but somehow, Bruce would tell you he feared heart stuff, right? Growing up. Boom, meets him right at his door. Was it evil? Was it bad, Bruce? Best time of my life. Huh. And let me go back to that morning with my father. Mom will tell you this. I feared my father dying more than... I used to have nightmares about it when I was a kid. Um, There's a lot of circumstances, I'm sure, that led to that. My dad, to me, represented security, represented some... You know what I mean? Like, just a sordid tale. But anyway, when dad died, you know what it began? The hardest, saddest, loneliest season of my life. But if... If me growing closer to God in a not-everybody-else-is-God sort of way, in a me-and-God sort of way, it was the best year of my life. You know what I'm saying? And that just keeps giving and giving and giving in my life, and my relationship. Now, when I was lonely was how I learned that he could be my companion. When I was hurting is how I learned how to let him comfort me. Right When I was disappointed is when he came in and was all those things in Psalm 23. Can I tell you something? For you to understand Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not ever want and not have. He leads me besides this place. Even in front of my enemies, he makes a meal for me. He, he, he overflows my life. Do you want to know how you become that? You got to become that sheep that needs him. Do you understand what I'm saying? You got to become that hurt and lonely sheep who needs guidance to be led by the still waters. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Anybody right now want to go there to the valley of the shadow of death? No. But you know what? That's where you meet him. That's where you truly get to know him. When Chick's through all this, maybe if he's brave enough, he'll stand up here and share. Uh, but all of you are the same way. You all have stories like this. Do you get it? But do you see where if we just stay back at the beginning, good teacher, what do I got to do to get? Jesus goes, hold on. If you're busy labeling, compartmentalizing all these seasons of your life and experiences, you're going to miss out on the fact that as long as I'm with you, it is good. Get it? That's hard, man. I don't like that last point. I'm not going to lie to you. I've got kids. I've been through hard things in my life, and I get it. I don't necessarily like the idea that suffering can be good. I don't like that, but it's true. It's true. If it... it, Bears fruit, which it does. For we know in all things, God works for good those who love Him and are called according to what He's doing on this planet. It doesn't feel good right now, but how you feel is not truth. You look at me, and we will define truth together. Because that thing that's messing with your kid right now is the same thing that's going to put him on his knees, and we're going to meet for the first time. You dig? That broken relationship where you were leaning on someone else to fulfill you? You and I were never going to have the relationship we could have this side of heaven. But because now that codependent A-frame fell, now let me pick you up and you're going to call it good. Get it? Marty does. Oh, Marty does. Dear God, I don't want to tell no tales up here, but... <laughs> Marty and I met hugging and crying over something and watched to watch God... Not only make it good, but the best thing. Right? Big smile. Man, you should see her. She's so pretty. Good grief. Guys, I'm closing it down. We're done. The only way. Ah, I just want to save you the, those time. What does Joyce Meyer said? She says, we're going through these trials, and we come around, and, you know, it's like we have this conversation with God, and and... and if we're still stuck labeling things, good, bad, God, and indicting him, it's one more time back around the mountain. You got to get this, man. That's what God says, loving father. I don't give my kids more if they can't handle what they have right now. Responsibility, blessings, whatever it may be, you got to get here first. And we, if we can get to a place where we stop saying, that part of my life was terrible, that part stunk, and where were you, God, in indicting him? Still blaming me for stuff? Go ahead and back around the mountain. When you can get to the point where you realize you don't know everything and maybe you come to me for the answers, then we can move to the next level, right? And Jesus calls it life and life to the fullest. What do we have for a song here, bud? Let's worship. Oh, really? Nice. We have a song called You Never Let Go, which I picked randomly. You do never let go. Through the calm, through the storm, you never let go of us. And that is good. being honest, we got to admit, you There's nothing we can do that would disqualify us from everything we've been talking about. We thank you for that, Father God. We just need your refreshing today. We need your strength, Father God. We ask that you pour in your love. Some of us Father, that we're in that position. Our fields are empty, Lord God. There's fire all around us, and we just need beauty from the ashes of this, this broken life that we have now, Father. We're so grateful that we are worshiping the resurrected King who resurrects every area of our life. That's whether it's our whether it's our strength that fails. Whether it's relationships that are broken around us, Father God, you can restore and rebuild, or you can even show us to let the ones that need to die. things for us, Lord God, that our best days truly are ahead of us, Father, as hard as that may be to believe in our our flesh, we're going to stop declaring the future bad. We Thank you, Lord God. This week we pray, Father, you search our hearts, Lord God, help us to come in. so good. All right, everybody, have a great week.